Welcome to Standout Style, a podcast that tears down the uncertainties of style, fashion, and inner confidence. I'm your host, Camry Hill. I'm a personal stylist, digital entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three. I'm totally obsessed with helping women exude confidence from the inside out. In this podcast, you will hear style and wardrobe tips, as well as incredible stories of women who are out there showing up as their most confident selves, style and all. Welcome to the Standout Style podcast, Amy. I am so excited to have you here. You are someone that I've been following on Instagram for quite some time. So I was really excited when you said yes, that you would like to come on to the podcast and inspire my beautiful audience. So welcome. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a really exciting opportunity to be able to come on and have a bit of a chat about things that are important to both of us, which is really exciting. Yeah, there are going to be so many women that get a lot of uh, great tips out of this podcast, I'm sure, because you are very amazing in what you do on Instagram. So I would love for you to just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself so you can tell us sort of your story of how you got into blogging and sharing your fashion online. Absolutely. So um, I don't think my story is actually that dissimilar to a lot of um, people's, but I grew up, I think if you kind of go back, I grew up being a a larger person in a small person family. So I'm I'm quite big boned. Um and I was always a lot bigger than sort of my relatives. And one of the big things I think that really stuck out to me um, as I, I remember kind of quite clearly sort of being very conscious about my weight from when I was about 10 or 11 and going up. And I've had lots of ups and downs and things like that with my body and with body image. And then after I had my second baby, um, I was at home and I w- we kind of had COVID and we, we went into a bit of lockdown and I just had this moment, I think, where I'd been really thinking about, you know, my weight and, and really pushing for this, you know, bounce back kind of concept that like, cool, I was going to bounce back into this thing. And I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and, and feeling very negative about myself. And finally, I just had this moment where I'd actually been talking to my mom of all people and she was trying on um, some clothes and and she was so conscious about all these things that she was putting on. And I had this moment in my head, I was like, nobody cares about that. You should, you should just wear that dress. Just like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Just wear the damn dress. It looks lovely. And after that, I had a moment, I was like, oh, maybe I should start taking my own <laughs> my own mental advice about my approach to style and and to fashion and to what I was telling myself I couldn't couldn't wear and so I actually went and did a huge overhaul of my own personal Instagram and stopped following a whole lot of people who made me feel um, bad about myself or, or negative about my own body and I started up a new Instagram account called wear the damn dress and I started focusing a lot more on challenging myself to wear things that I had been telling myself that I wouldn't or I couldn't until I bounced back and it, um, yeah, it was a really freeing and exciting thing for me to do and opened up a whole world of possibilities. And um, it's going for about two and a half, nearly three years now. And it's really exciting to see it grow and develop and, and for me to be able to push myself in a place that I probably, you know, five years ago, never, ever would have thought I would have played in. Yeah. What a beautiful story. I love that you said that that 
moment of realization came when you were speaking to your mom because something that I used to do is um, I did a body confidence style challenge a few years ago with women. And one of the questions I would always ask them is if uh, that when they look in the mirror, if they looked and saw themselves as beautiful and 99% mm. of people say no. And then I would say, well, think of someone in your family, a close woman in your life. It could be a, a mom, a sister, a best friend. Do you look at that woman every day and think that they're beautiful? And everyone says yes, regardless of their weight, regardless mm. of their size, re you know, we look at other women in our lives as beautiful because we admire who they are, not the size that they carry. So I love that you said that because we are so quick to be harsh on ourselves yeah. when we don't give that same harshness to other people. So something that I love to say is that you deserve to give yourself the love that you give to everyone else in your life. So your kids, your family, like we give so much love to other people and then we look at ourselves in the mirror and something blocks that off. So yep. I just, you've totally encapsulated something that I have taught other women and something that's a really important message is that you really do have to start with loving yourself first. And Absolutely. yeah, that's an amazing story. So um, something that I did want to ask you is obviously people will be sitting here listening to this and even watching you know, things that um, are posted online. There's so many amazing curvy influencers that are coming up these days. And I think that we are, we're getting a lot more diversity in what we're seeing in store, online, which is amazing. And women see these things and get really inspired and excited. But when it comes to having to use that same or trying to get that same confidence for themselves, I feel like they don't know where to start or how to even get to that place. So what are your top tips to body acceptance and having courage to wear clothes that don't necessarily just hide their bodies? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, and it is like one of it is really around that surrounding yourself and, and seeking those those. Um, influences or models or whoever it is or brands out where you do see yourself reflected because one of the reasons that we're so harsh on ourselves I think when it comes to what we expect clothes to look like on us or what we think we should be wearing is about what we see everywhere else so you know the idea that you you pick up um a magazine or you browse online in a store catalogue or whatever it might be and you don't see yourself represented, you only see somebody very, very tall and very, very slim, it makes it really hard to convince yourself mentally that that's okay. Um, and, you know, there are so many great curve influences and models out there who have been plugging away at this for a really long time. It's just an exciting thing that they're starting to kind of come to the front and it's it's something that we can really celebrate and explore. Um, so that would be my first tip. But the second tip is something I actually gave to um, one of my own styling clients the other week and it's this, it, it's a gut instinct piece, which sounds ridiculous, but I think a lot of the time we to your point about, you know, you look in the mirror and you would never say some of the things that you say about yourself to other people. So it's this gut instinct. If you put something on and you go, actually, I like that. And then you slowly start picking it apart. Oh, but I think I can see this. And I don't really like the way that sits. And that sits funny on my tummy. I wonder if anybody else will look at that. I don't know if this is too, you know, the wrong color, whatever. 
if your gut instinct is when you put something on, you go, I like it, like sit with that. Just sit with that. Don't go straight to the picking apart because at the end of the day, you know, don't wear clothes that don't feel comfortable or that you wouldn't wear. Don't do that. But there's a difference between uncomfortable and unco- and out of your comfort zone. And I think that's that space where if you can start to understand the difference between what you've talked yourself out of or into versus what your actual initial impression was and you can sit with that initial impression, that makes things a lot easier um, in terms of, I think, being able to challenge your own personal style and start to get yourself out there. So, you know, cutouts and midriffs are a really classic example um, of one that I was convinced that I could never, ever, 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 ever wear. It was not for me. I didn't know how I would do it. I was too big, all these sorts of things. So that combination of finding a lot of women who looked like me were my size, were bigger, um, we're smaller, but, you know, didn't have that kind of perfectly svelte um, body and seeing it and going, I actually love that on them. So what is it that I don't love about it on me? Mm-hmm. And going, well, what I don't love about it on me is the fact that I am super critical of myself with my inner voice about all of these things. And then actually looking back at the images of those women and going, well, they got all of those too, actually. Like, and I still think they look great. So why am I beating myself up about this? Um, and that was a really great moment. So definitely one of the starting points, surround yourself with people who inspire you in a good way and be really conscious of how much negative self-talk you give and how much you self-sabotage when you put things on. Thank you. Thank you for saying those things because it is so powerful, the words that are spoken around you, right? So if you have maybe a close family member or a friend in your life that is continually critical of themselves or judgmental or negative, that can weigh so heavy on your own mental ability to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and see the best, right? So it really Mm -hmm. has to start with clearing that. (laughs) Maybe, you know, separating yourself from that negativity for a period of time. That can be a really hard thing to do is being able to look from that sort of outside lens and go, okay, hold on, what am I absorbing in my environment that is conditioning me to look at myself in this way? And that could be how you were, you know, spoken to growing up. That could just be some close friends that just have a negative mindset. It's so, so important. And I love that you said that finding some people And I mean, we're so lucky online these days that we can look at so many different shapes and sizes and really even curating your Instagram to have, you know, a very specific, you know, looking at certain people. And I do want to say this because I know there's going to be people listening to this podcast that may not be curvy as well. I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I've always really struggled being very thin. And as a child, I was stick thin. I don't have any curves. I don't have boobs. I don't have a butt. Like I'm on the other side of the spectrum in terms of, but that was a really uh, big source of my um, confidence and not having confidence growing up. So I've also had to do those same things. I've had to find women who are flat chested like me Mm -hmm. and see what they're wearing and see how they dress differently and how they still look amazing, even though they, do you know what I mean? Like, so it doesn't matter what shape or size you are, you know, it could be just silly little things like I've got quite, um, squinty eyes when I smile. And that was something that I would look at in pictures that go, Oh, like, I don't like how it looks. And then 
one, this is so ridiculous, but one of my favorite people to follow is Hailey Bieber because she has a very similar face structure to me. And she's got this beautiful, these beautiful, tiny little eyes that when she smiles, does the same thing as me. And I'm like, she looks so amazing. And I look at her. And so now it's something that I do not criticize myself on when I look at photos. And that actually yeah. carries me into my second question um, because I get a lot of people coming to me um, saying, I hate looking at myself in photos. So we obviously take a lot of photos of ourselves. We are yep. Instagram curators and we're creating content a lot. So we're quite comfortable in front of the camera. I've never really had much of an issue being front in front of the camera. I loved it as a little kid. So some people look at me and go, I could never do what you do. I could never put, I hate looking at photos of myself. That's like, it's just too much for themselves. What would you say to those women? There's very few pictures of me and my first child. Um, and I would say for that exact reason. So whenever I would see the pictures of myself and him when he was quite little, I just, I hated them. I hated the way I looked in them. Um, they didn't look like the way I wanted to look. And so I, there are not very many pictures of me and him. And I must say, I think that trend lasts up until I started my Instagram account. There are not very many pictures of me um, with my kids and not very many pictures of me just in general in life, um, with the exception of maybe the odd selfie here and there. So I don't know what the answer is to that, except for the fact that um, I do think setting up the Instagram account and basically the whole premise of that was I took a lot of photos of myself all the time and, you know, would would look at them and would review them. And um, I think I just got used to it, which isn't a magic bullet for anybody, unfortunately, but it, I think it's that it, the more you see them, the more you can the more you can kind of, the more that image is okay for you. Like I think sometimes the less you take photos of yourself and then you see them and you go, oh, but that's not what I think I look like or that's not what I want to look like. The less you see it, the more it feels like it's confronting when you do. Um, it's it's not a, I'm really struggling to articulate it. It's not a desensitization piece. It's just a, the more I looked at them, the more I was like, well, what is actually that bad about it? Mm -hmm. I don't really know what is actually that bad about these photos. And I became really comfortable with seeing the images of myself regularly and taking the images of myself regularly. So the more I did it, the more comfortable I became. I think if it's something that you, you shy away from, you're already so uptight about the idea of it that as soon as you see that photo, it's similar to the idea of, I guess, going and trying on clothes or challenge yourself in that way. As soon as you see it, you're like, oh, wow, that's really bad. And I'm just going to focus in on all those things that I hate about myself and just checking in to see if I can see, you know, that back roll there or how many chins does it look like I've got or, you know, does my face look fat? Does it not? What are those sorts of things? And that becomes a real focus and really damaging. It's almost, it is almost like a desensitization piece. I guess the more you look at them, the more you see them, the less you kind of get the urge to go and really pick it apart because that's you and you get used to, to sort of seeing you and, and how you look. Yeah. I think that's a perfect answer. And I think it really goes back to what you said earlier, that there is a difference between discomfort and getting out of your comfort zone. So the more you mm. push yourself, um, fear is a funny thing, right? So mm -hmm. we all have 
innate fear in us over certain things. And a lot of that is going to be women wanting to try on different clothes and feeling fearful of judgment from others or what other people are going to think or taking photos of themselves. And again, it really comes from fear of judgment from others and outside perspectives. But you're so right about it's going to be uncomfortable at first. Like, let's not be, you know, shy away from the fact of that. It will be uncomfortable. No one's immune from that. But the more you do it, the more you get used to it, the more, and this is like a self-practice thing in terms of yeah. even that that confidence within yourself. It's not going to come straight away. You can't click the fingers and all of a sudden you're really self-confident in what you're wearing. It comes with practice. It comes with pushing yourself outside of those comfort zones and feeling feeling the discomfort and leaning into it unfortunately yeah. you kind of have to do that and I don't think that people necessarily want to hear that they want like the easy route to go yeah. well, I want to get here and I think that the majority of people and this will carry me into my next question <laughs> is that they would rather not lean into that discomfort and accept themselves how they are now they would rather go on these crazy fad diets, put themselves on timelines of I have to fit into this by this time. And they do this like up and down, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, constantly on these cycles of trying to chase perfection or trying to chase even feeling somewhat good about themselves. And I know you have a lot of experience with this. So I would love to for you to kind of chat about that because I feel like there's a lot of women on this hamster wheel of of this diet culture, which I think we are doing a great job as a generation to get away from that and seeing exercise and, you know, self-care as a a form of self-care rather than a diet culture thing. But I would love for you to kind of talk about that a little bit because I know you have experience in what that's like. Yeah, definitely. Um, And it's, it comes down to, I think that, so I mentioned very early in my bio piece, you know, I reckon I was probably about 10 or 12 when I started going on my first sort of like, I should probably lose weight and, and diet. Um, and a lot of that comes from, for a lot of us, and I have a lot of friends who've actually said very similar things, you know, our mothers experienced it, um, you know, maybe their mothers experienced it. And it's that sort of piece of from such an early age, particularly for those of us who maybe had mothers who struggled with their weight or, you know, kind of were in that very exciting um, 80s and 90s, you know, ultra thin diet culture sort of piece, then the solution I think was not necessarily to teach our children to embrace their own bodies. The solution was to try and make sure that they knew that they should be thin um, from a really young age, like, you know, and, and the, the saying, and it is a very common one with people I've spoken to as well. I don't want you to go through what I went through. So, um, you know, I didn't, I couldn't wear a bikini on the beach with my friends because I was too big and I felt too self-conscious. And, and I guess if you get enough, when you're getting enough of those messages, around you all the time not only from the things that you see in the magazines or in the stores or on the catwalk or in films like it's everywhere and then you're also getting it from from internally as well like I was really unhappy being a big person so my solution for you is that to make sure that from a young age you're aware that that's not what you should be and you should try and be something else um and then the the reinforcement that comes along with 
one of the things I'm really passionate about, sorry, this is going to be a very roundabout answer, but one of the things I'm really passionate about is how much we talk about this without even realising we do and what that does to people who are on this hamster wheel of, you know, every time you compliment somebody because they've lost weight, like every time you go, oh, have you lost weight? You look really good. Like it's a great, it's an it's a it's supposed to be a compliment it's you trying to make somebody feel really good but from somebody who's been there every time I was like yes like people like my goal was for people to notice that I had lost weight and if I hadn't got that far then I was not doing a good enough job like I needed people and I needed that validation of people going you look amazing like you've just lost so much weight you must just feel really good about yourself now the flip side to that is then, as you mentioned, when you're on the hamster wheel, when you fall off the wagon and you do go and put weight back on again. So what, like, did I fail? Do people now not think I look good anymore because I have put the weight back on? Like, how do I get it off? And it became this, for me in particular, it became this really vicious cycle of like, I would lose weight and then I would put weight back on. And then I'd become so upset and almost paralyzed about this fact that I had, you know, failed that then it would all kind of go out the window and any form of self-care at all would be just off the cards because I'd put weight on. So what was the point? And then you go and do something, some other crazy fad diet or you lose weight and it comes, oh, people are like, you look fantastic. You've lost so much weight. Like, tell me your secret. What have you done? Like, you know, it must be so good. And like, it just, it doesn't stop. It's everywhere. And so one of the things I think the ways you get off that hamster wheel um, is by becoming really conscious about what is happening around you and what is being said to you um, and what you are hearing others saying to themselves and becoming a bit analytical and, and dis disassociating from it. So um, I personally stopped giving compliments about people losing weight. I stopped talking about it. I don't observe people's weight anymore and I don't say to people, you know, if somebody has lost weight, I don't mention it because, one, you don't know why they've lost weight. Like mm -hmm. I genuinely had a conversation with somebody um, once and I was like, oh, congratulations, like you lost weight. And they're like, I've actually been really sick. Like I'm actually quite unwell. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's it's this thing that it, it's, it's a valuable piece to us to go, that's an amazing thing that you have lost weight. I reckon if you actually had a conversation with people about how they've lost weight sometimes, that's like it's not healthy, you know. How did you lose weight? Oh, well, I stopped eating for four days and I don't eat carbs and mm -hmm. I don't eat sugar and I exercise for four hours a day and I don't, you know, eat this, eat that, eat this, eat that. And you're like, okay, like but we're okay with that because the end goal is that you lost weight. Mm -hmm. So we're like, sweet. Whereas if somebody said, oh, you know, I eat this, I eat that, we'd be like, that's really bad. You're so unhealthy. Um, so definitely like thinking more critically for yourself and understanding the context behind the words you're hearing and being able to really consciously think about, well, what does that actually mean when I hear that or mean when I say that? And then reconciling that with, well, what do I think this means for myself is really important. Mm -hmm. um, I, I found that having that extra layer of consciousness about the conversations that were happening around me allowed me to put a little blocker in place almost that went, okay, they're talking about this, but this isn't about you. This isn't about you. It's not about, you know, in the lunchroom when they're all talking about whatever diet they're doing, um, you know, when I'm 
sitting at a family lunch and they're talking about you know who's not eating carbs and who's doing what like this isn't about me or how fat they feel personally this isn't about me I I can I I know that this isn't about me and I'm not going to take this on board I'm consciously not taking this on board and it's not an easy thing to do it I do it every day every day there is something out there there is a conversation that happens there is a compliment that is given that I'm like oh it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. You are good. You are okay. You are great as you are. You look amazing. Go home and take a very nice photo of yourself. Set your, set your tripod up, but it's not about you. Yeah. But it's hard because you've got to do all the work yourself to get there. That's absolutely right. Yeah. You've hit that literally right on the head because, and I find it really, really interesting how much we share in common but literally on two opposite sides of the spectrum. So we've both struggled with our weight. It's just been on the opposite side. So no one is immune to these feelings, regardless of your weight. So just when you were speaking, then it it brought up quite a lot of feelings for me because I struggled a lot, obviously struggled a lot when I was younger. I was really, really skinny. But then when I fell pregnant, so I have three kids Anytime I was pregnant, I got the most comments on my body I've ever in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're too small. You don't look big enough. It doesn't even look like you're carrying a baby. And those comments were actually really harsh to me. People mm. thought they were giving me compliments, but it was like I didn't fo- I didn't fit the mold of what I should look like being pregnant. Oh, yep. you're so lucky. You're so small. Oh, you're so lucky. Like even after I ha- would have the babies oh, you don't even look like you had a baby. and But I actually was struggling nutritionally because my my babies would deplete me of all of my nutrition. I was low on iron. Like I actually felt yeah. quite sick after having babies because I already didn't have much to thrive off of anyway. Yeah, And I would get so many comments and I actually had to look someone square in the face one day and go, you know that basically you telling me how thin I am because that's a source of my... Um, discomfort and a source of something that's I'm not confident about you saying that to me is like turning around and telling you that you look fat today and she just was like oh my god and I just had to be fully raw and honest about it and be like I remember posting something on my Instagram when I was pregnant with my daughter so about two years ago and I said if I had a dollar for every time someone told me that I didn't look the way I should look being pregnant I could buy a Chanel handbag like I just could not and I had to voice up about it and so many people commented on it saying thank you for saying this you know I feel the same way people would say this people would say that Um, for some reason when women are pregnant all of a sudden we're open up for conversation and it's not okay so yeah if anyone's listening to this just take this on board as you know remember what you're saying to other people and I mean, I would probably compliment people for losing weight in the past too, thinking that we're saying something nice. But when you hear it from a different conversation like this and from a different point of view, people are then aware because it made me aware that the comments I was getting off of people were making me feel really uncomfortable Mm. and that changed how then I speak to people. So I'm, I'm the same as you. I will never comment on someone's weight. Some of my closest friends will say things to me about their weight and I go I didn't even notice babe I think you look beautiful you look exactly the same as you did to me months ago like I don't will never comment and say 
oh, you look amazing because you lost 10 kilos. Like that's yeah. just not something that I, yeah, I think it's so, so important. And I think that you have spoken that very, um, from a raw point of view and, and something that people really, really need to hear about. So thank you for saying that. Um, I do want to switch to a bit of fashion because we both love yes. fashion. So um, <laughs> what are your top tips for women who are curvy? Your sort of top tips for shopping, because let's be honest, it's much harder for curvy women. It's getting yeah. easier in terms of options. There are a lot of brands, thank God, expanding into larger sizes which is a huge blessing for the curvy community, but I'm sure there's still a lot of things that you can pass on to women who need your help. <laughs> yeah, sure. And yeah, look, I mean, it, it's an interesting time to be sort of involved in, in the curve fashion community because I think that there, yes, there are brands who are making steps towards being more size inclusive, um, albeit that, for some of them, it, it's a very small step, um, you know, at a time. So, uh, and I think the other thing I'd probably say too on that is that, you know, I've been noticing with some of the brands that I've been looking at lately who are breaking into that curve size range, um, they're still not representing that on their websites and they're not showing that. So back to that kind of visualisation and the fact that you need to see yourself represented, like if you're a size 20 and you jump onto a website, you're still scrolling through and there's still a hell of a lot of size eights on there. So it's yeah. really hard to go, okay, yeah, I can still see myself. Like I can see that dress and yes, it comes in my size, but I still have to kind of imagine what it would look like on me because all I'm seeing it on is that size eight, mm -hmm. six foot four person. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things kind of that are happening. There's still a really long way to go. Um, but my tips for, for shopping um, on the curvy range is I still do a lot of shopping online. Um, you know, because while there's, there's pieces that are, are coming out and things that are, are changing, I still find it hard personally. And I'm on the lower end of the plus size range. I fit into that kind of mid to plus a 14 to 16, sometimes an 18, depending on the brand. Um, and I do a lot of shopping online because I cannot get the range that I want in stores, um, which is a challenge in itself. So shopping online, being really comfortable with your measurements, because um, the other piece you'll find is as you go up in sizing, um, being really aware of the different ways that we carry weight and we carry different pieces in our body. Um, it's important to know your measurements because it can help you then, particularly if you are looking for those more unique pieces online, to actually get the right fit and be able to understand, you know, um, how things will fit and look on you. Um, the biggest piece, though, I think is, again, unfortunately a, a mental one, but it's that idea of don't be too hung up on what is on a, a size tag. Um, you know, I have everything in my wardrobe from a size 12 to a size 18 that barely fits me. Um, you, you get to know kind of what looks, get to know your fabrics, get to understand what you feel really comfortable in um, and trying to drop that mantra of just, I just need this to fit me well. Like it doesn't matter what the size says on the tag. That literally has no connection to anything about you. It's, it's something that sits on a label. So don't worry about the tag. Find something that fits you well and that feels great. And if you love it, it, it just really doesn't matter what's on there. Um, getting to know your sizes, getting to know what you feel comfortable in and getting to know your style um, 
will really help you, I think, to be able to find those fashions that you really enjoy and that you love and to kind of really explore your style personality and find ways to express that, um, albeit that at the moment a lot of the things you're probably looking for will still be online. Yeah, yeah, that's so right. And I love that you said about the sizing because sometimes I just want to get on the roof and be like, standard sizing doesn't exist. It doesn't. <laughs> like, it's across the board. And I've taken many clients shopping and they're like, what do you mean I have to like size up in this? And I go, it's not you, it's the brands. They're not, yeah. there's no standardized sizing across worldwide. There's, it just doesn't exist. Brands, and even within the same brand, in the same shop, yeah. you buy a size 10 and one in I'm the same. I fluctuate between a size six and a size 10. It can be anywhere in between there. Like we are not, it is not a number. You just need to find what feels good on you. So that like, stop blaming yourself in the, in the change room for having different sizes. So it's not your fault, you guys. (laughs) It's so wild. Like I remember um, I've seen, you know, that Zara kind of put little emblems on their size tags to show if something runs large, runs small or runs standard. I'm kind of like, wouldn't surely it would just be easy to make things the same size? Like surely surely it must be easier rather than Mm -hmm. like cutting garments for different sizing and then putting little symbols on the label to say, oh, this is like a small, you know, size up, size down, do this, do that. Like just make something a consistent size so that people can walk into your shop and go, okay, I'm yes. a size 16 in Zara um, and pick up a size 16 and know that unless there's, you know, a particular style that doesn't suit you due to whatever the cut is, but generally speaking, that's not going to be sold by you going up two sizes or down two sizes based mm-hmm. on a little emblem on a, I mean, H&M's the same. I get a lot of stuff from, um, from H&M. But, yeah, like the sizing, I can wear a medium in some things and in other things I've tried on an 18 and nearly like dislocated a shoulder trying to do it up. It's like it's so wildly inconsistent to, you know, that piece. And you're kind of like, surely, surely somebody's looked at this and gone, guys, I think maybe we're we're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe maybe this isn't quite right. Yeah, and I think um, one of the things is – what I sort of know is what the problem is that fast fashion. So everything's mass produced nowadays, right? Mm. So we come from, you know, back in the day when everything was hand sewn and, you know, small batches, we have, we are big on consumerism in this generation. We want the newest thing, we want the newest trend. And, you know, so that kind of contributes to the problem because everything is so, uh, quickly made and manufactured yeah. on mass production that the quality control just goes out the window right because they just want to pump mm. out as much as possible so I think that's probably part of the reason but it definitely doesn't make it easy for people so if you're going shopping just try not to be so hard on yourself and just find what fits and don't worry about the number <laughs> so Absolutely. I'm gonna um yeah I'm gonna end on some really fun rapid fire questions Amazing. Uh, that's okay. Okay. So what is your favorite outfit to wear? Oh, I love um, glittery sequiny things. So I actually have a, um, I have a gold sort of rose gold uh, sequin jumpsuit or play suit. And I adore wearing that. I absolutely love it. It's just fun. It's flirty. It's cute. It's 
glittery and it's something probably that I would have told myself five years ago that I definitely couldn't have worn. So I love that outfit. It's my favorite. Love that. See, ladies, if you are a larger size, you can still wear bold prints and fun things. Please stop shying away from that stuff. You have every right to wear it just as much as a size six does. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Love that. Um, Okay. Your favorite plus size brand. Oh, that's like that's probably a hard one. Your favorite child. Um, I there are actually so many that I love. Um, but I probably want to give a particular particular shout out to um a place called Lookbook. So they have started um a marketplace for plus size pa- fashion. So they only stock sizes fourteen and above, and they stock some amazing brands like Novella the Label and Body Woman. Um. Uh, Pablo and Cat, um, uh, and there's others that are just oh Moira Muse. Um, there are others that are slipping off the back of my mind there, but they stock a huge range of incredible and sustainable um, plus size fashions for a whole range of different um, styles and needs, which I really love. And also, they're doing an incredible campaign. They're about to go into manufacturing at the moment of um, their own range of plus size workwear that is going to have like six points of measurement and be really designed for your curve market in mind. So I think that they have a huge range of things and they really excite me in the plus size market, but there are so many brands, like Mm. so many, I, I don't even know where I would start. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really good to know because there are people that will not have known about that and they'll go have a look now, which is so good. Okay, so two more. Uh, if you could choose anyone in the world to have dinner with, who would it be? Oh, um, Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> Love that. Because I'm of that vintage. Um, but also, like, I, I really enjoy a lot of um, what she does I think she really took ownership of herself and and sort of her own image and did a really amazing transition for somebody out of sort of that really young pop phase of their lives into still like such a powerhouse um you know moving into her late 30s and 40s I am there for that I would have dinner with that woman like tonight if she's available (laughs) yeah JLo's my one she's the same she's just been timeless and oh she just next level talent <laughs> I love her yes absolutely maybe we could like have a have a four dinner J-Lo, yeah Beyonce, there you go have a you, double date <laughs> J-Lo Beyonce if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> we so want to go to dinner with you. Let, us, let us know <laughs> oh too funny okay um and how would you describe your personal style I would describe my personal style as bold and unapologetic love it that gave me goosebumps that's a good one (laughs) I love it love it so much because some people really struggle to describe their personal style so that's amazing that you just like do straight away (laughs) yeah yeah no I definitely um um, am well renowned at my workplace I work sort of in a a corporate environment obviously um as my nine to five and I yeah am well renowned for quite a a sort of bold style for the office love and it. I am there for that albeit I'm wearing just a black shirt today but I do have some like floral pants yeah I was gonna say it's also some so, print down there so yeah yeah still <laughs> some floral some bright you know colored floral pants so not necessarily um 
letting myself down from the waist down there. Always a bold and beautiful print. I love it. Yes. Have fun with your fashion, ladies. It's Life is way too short to be boring. It is so much more fun to be exciting. So it thank is. you for this conversation. Oh my gosh. I, I knew that you would bring the goods, but you just <laughs> like, you. I feel like you re- reached inside my soul and just said everything that needed to be said. And I love that it comes from a different perspective of someone who's lived a different life and, you know, experienced different things and have overcome a lot of those fears and just you show up so brilliantly on Instagram. So I want you to tell the ladies where they can find you and where they can follow you and find out more about you. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. So on Instagram, I am on there as wear the damn dress. Um, you can find me on TikTok, albeit I am probably too old for TikTok. And I definitely, um, <laughs> more of my content is over on Insta, but on TikTok, same hashtag wear the damn dress. And also on Ms. Tyler, for those of you who have the app, um, a lot of my outfits and direct links and things like that are posted there. And my handle on Ms. Tyler is also at wear the damn dress. So kept it simple all the same title the whole way across but yeah lots of different ways to connect and interact so um love to hear from you and thank you so so much for having me on this podcast today it's been a real pleasure I love I could talk about it for hours and I love being able to share this experience with other people because I think it's so important that we hear that this is kind of the experience that a lot of us have yeah and I love this is why I love podcasts so much is because there's only such short snippets of attention we can grab off of people on Instagram or social media. Unfortunately, our attention spans quite low on those platforms, but podcasts really allow you to share your story, get vulnerable and really, you know, let people focus on what they need to, to be hearing. And I know that people will be listening to this podcast and hear things that need to be heard and possibly change people's lives. And that's what I love about what you do and sharing other women's stories who have come through, you know, a tough time and just are so brave to share uh, their own story. So I really appreciate it. And I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you so much. You too. Bye.